Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's on the box with Devlin and Brundage. Hello and welcome to episode five of On the Box podcast, where we talk everything TV and probably films as well. To Joe Simpson's dissatisfaction, I'm joined as always with uh, Mr. Science himself, uh, Simon Brundage, and very special guest, long-awaited Dave Hendrick. Hey guys. Hey Neil. Hey Sight. Hi Dave. It's good to have you on. Yeah, we've been waiting to do this one for a while. We have. This is this is hopefully one of the the uh, the big ones of of this of, that, of our whole uh, OTB series. Aaron Sorkin. I did um I did jumpers for goalposts last night with Jan, and I'd been you know we've been trying to put that one together for ages as well. And I was saying to him like that I'd finally managed to find time to do this one as well, and then I'm doing Joe's movie pod next week, which again has been months <laughs> trying to put it together like. What, what are you doing on that? Uh, we're doing Goodfellas, which is fu- going to be fun. So I'm going to rewatch it at the weekend because I haven't seen it in about a year or two. So is gags all over that one too? Uh, no, I think it's Carol Matchett actually. Uh, cool. So I'm at the game last week. Um, the uh, Goodfellas is a great movie, but I've not watched it for 15 years probably. It's just... so good. I'm just surprised Gags isn't on it. Podcast without Gags. Yeah, well, it's, even apart from that, the Goodfellas is like his... It's his thing, yeah. Uh, I think he's going to do Casino. I think there's just talk that we'll do this one, and then a couple of weeks later we'll do Casino um, with me and Gags. So that'll be fun. Very cool. What a great movie. Right, let's crack on with this. So, Dave. From from the inception of uh, on the box, we talked about what what great TV shows because it was a it was a discussion with us originally uh, talking about TV shows that that inspired on the box in the first place. And um, Sorkin, you were like West Wing is the greatest show. I've got to come on. Let it, w- this is the one. So uh, this, which is why uh, why it's taken taken so such a while to get us uh, to get us together. Mm. What? How did you how did you discover Sorkin? Um. What, well, I saw a few good men. That's the first thing I saw that he he'd written. Um, but I got into the West Wing. My mom actually used to watch the West Wing, and I started watching it with her. And um, Dave, how old are you? Thirty-three. Okay, let's give some kind of timeline into that. Yeah. Yeah. So I started watching it so probably midway through. Yeah, sixteen years ago, midway through the first season, I started watching it. 
And then when the first box set came out, I had to buy it to go back and watch like the first five or six episodes that I hadn't seen. And I, I watch the actual box, the same actual box set every year. I rewatch it. Do you actually change that, the DVDs and everything? <laughs> same DVDs. It's so good. And, and like the thing is, I have it downloaded as well. So I have it on a hard drive so that when I'm like away from home or whatever, I can still watch it and watch the episodes. But then when I get home, I just watch them on the DVDs. And it's the only show I do that for. It is, it is brilliant. We've uh, we've got it on download, so it's on Apple TV. Kate, the the wife, uh, I encouraged her to watch watch it last year um, after Parks and Rec because she's got more than a little bit of a crush on Rob Lowe. Um, <laughs> and so which, do you, yeah. <laughs> which is the opening into into uh, come watch West Wing. He is he is in it, and uh, and she she to be fair, she's not got past the first series, but that's just because there is so much TV to watch. She loves it, and I was asking her what she liked about it tonight. And she went, oh, you know, apart from Rob Lowe, um, the, basically exactly what I love about it, the whole um, intellectualism, the, yeah. the, the, it's just smart, the, it's, it's verbose, it's, the, there are so many words and there, there is that interplay between, between two characters. Well, it, that's it, what I love about it is, is there's no, like there's none of these big long story arcs based on one character they're like the small little nips and tucks and and everybody has their own little thing going on at the same time like the episodes don't just focus on one guy for you know six weeks yeah they they that's exactly it and that's what makes it so good and the realism of it as well and as as simon said like it's so wordy and like the walk and talk thing and like it's you know the whole water cooler idea of you know just chatting and work and stuff and it it's such an intelligent show brilliantly crafted whoever casted it deserves to win countless awards because literally every character is just perfectly casted but i think it comes back to what you said about it being intellectual and stuff though i think the real beauty of it is in sorkin's writing the fact that he can take complex issues and ideas and still make them simple but relatable to everybody else so you don't feel stupid watching it which a lot of shows would do you know us sitting here obviously together around the table uh, i agree with you but as i and dave often say people are stupid <laughs> that i don't think as many people i don't think it's 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 dumbed down enough to to um, be absor- be taken on board by the masses. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think this is a very. <laughs> it's almost, I think it's, some it's, of it is like an assumption that they make, though. Sorry, in that, like they see what they like. You could read about what it actually is. So it's you know it's set in the White House. It's about you know this group of people yeah. running a country. And people automatically think, well, that'll be really boring. Politics, and then, boring. Yeah, they got to do politics. Yeah, yeah. And then you hear like, well, what actually? You, you say to somebody who's watched it, well, what actually happens? What are the big moments? And like, it's really hard to pick out like big standout moments in terms of like, you know, say if you watch, I don't know, like Rescue Me or something. Yeah, and you can always pick out the three or four big things that happen, like you know, the the kid getting knocked down, 
the the marriage dissolving but there's there isn't really that in the west wing it's just about these characters yeah people and their day to, yeah people in their day-to-day lives and their growth as people and in their professional careers do you know and it's i think people look at it and go oh that's not going to be interesting that'll be really boring or oh i don't like politics that'll be boring yeah. or it might be just kind of above what i like to do because a lot of people watch tv for a release from their own day-to-day lives and they just want to shut their brain off yeah. and watch things blow up. Yeah, well, you know, and there's a, absolutely a place for that. Mm, of course, definitely. Isn't that what reality TV is for? Yeah. <laughs> Take your brain out. But occasionally you do actually want to be entertained and not treated like an idiot. Yeah, exactly. You, and the thing with, with, with Sorkin as well is that like you kind of he develops the characters so quickly and so brilliantly, but he also puts a lot of himself into the show, like in subtle little things. Like I was thinking on my way home this evening, like I still think the opening, say seven or eight minutes of the first episode of the West Wing is one of the greatest bits of television ever because it introduces all the key characters. It introduces key parts of the personality that we're going to get to know and then it also has the couple of little subtle digs that Sorkin likes to make at certain groups of people Yeah, like when they're sitting down meeting the Christian right and the guy says well, the first commandment says honour thy father and that's a clear dig from Sorkin to the Christian right saying you're all morons you don't even know what you're actually <laughs> preaching this guy doesn't even know the commandments and a Jewish guy has to correct them. And then the president walks in who we later learn to, you know, learn about him. He's such a liberal and he keeps his faith to himself and he knows the commandments. So it's showing that you you can be a solid Christian, but you don't have to be this, you know, Bible bashing loon. He comes comes in with the real line, doesn't he? He Yeah, exactly. Yeah. and, And just shows them up. And I, I just, I love it. Like, I, 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 I love that scene, that whole thing where, like, you, you meet Sam, he's in a bar, he picks up a girl, he's a really good-looking guy, obviously, and you think, well, this guy's a playboy, and then we find out, well, she's actually a hooker, so he's kind of an unlucky Lothario type guy. Yeah. We meet Toby, he's quite sarky, quite driven, but quite forceful. And will hammer his own staff, but if anyone then picks at them, he will stand up for them. And it's that kind of way with Leo, he's so meticulous, the whole thing over Gaddafi's name. Then the thing with CJ, where she's in the gym. And you're you're learning little small bits about these characters that are going to shape them as Sorkin develops them. And that's where the magic of Sorkin comes, is that he can develop each and every one of these characters without it becoming too much like you know when you watch certain shows and there's like there's too much going on there's too many main characters yeah it's too busy or it gets too dramatic exactly and and they end up changing changing characters even so many so many other tv shows that don't have uh, quantico have you started watching that yet yeah i haven't i have it downloaded but i'm i'm don't I say anything bad about it it's gag's favorite show it's but there's a lot of main characters and there's a lot of good things going on and it's exactly what you're saying where yeah at the end of every episode there's a cliffhanger character change on everybody and it's just really really hard to keep up with yeah that i might i might swerve that one the one that that's all that always i always paralleled with the west wing in terms of developing a 
you know, a larger than normal group of characters, but having it all weave in and intertwine so perfectly is friends. Yeah. yeah because yeah, yeah, they absolutely. develop the six characters. Then there's like the additional characters like Ross's ex-wife and, uh, and her, her partner. And then there's the Gunter and then there's all these other different people and they the develop them really shows. quickly. Exactly. And you know it's what? perfect. I think, I think the, um, the beginning to how this type of, of show uh, developed is a, is actually ER. Oh, it's a great show. Yeah. That the, the, whole walking, walking commentary, that putting you right in the middle of, mm. and so one, they're not treating you like an idiot, but it's by the end of the series, like series 15 of it, it, it ended up being um, a little melodramatic rather than actual dramatic. The, yeah. The, it, it tended to be a much more like a Grey's Anatomy, like who shagging who. But that wasn't <laughs> that wasn't the premise of the show. No, it was just no, it was totally it was agree. brilliant. It was very very smart, and uh, it, yeah, I think it opened the door for for how Sorkin tells a story. Mm. I, th- I think I think with these shows, it's the beauty in them is they're not really defined by their subject matter. Yeah, absolutely, it's, it's just characters. It's, it's the characters within the subject matter. Do you think that it's fascinating? Show? It's gagged, um, Dave didn't listen to uh, four point two. Or whatever the the last the last episode was about Californication, and he's never seen Californication. But how you describe the first episode of West Wing is exactly how I described the first episode of Californication. The first it was like first three minutes it encapsulated everything about the whole series, about all of the characters. It told you the the big backstory all in the first three minutes, just brilliant. And West Wing, yeah. West Wing, West, West Wing is exactly the same thing. It's just Smart writing. It's it's almost like a great book. And yeah, that's not what TV is about these days. But you know, and, th- and this is going to make me sound like a complete nerd. I actually have. You are a complete nerd, Dave. Well, this secret. is true. I actually have the audio book <laughs> of The West Wing, the entire seven series. Wow. Yeah, and, but I I've listened to it like not the whole thing through, but I I don't I found it one day on the pirate bay, and I thought I'll just download it for just out of pure interest. And it's the same thing because. Like you say, Sai, like you read a book or you listen to a story or whatever and you start to visualize things because of the way it's worded and written. And even with this, because it's done in the character, it's obviously the characters, it's it's the whole show basically just with no image. But you can picture the whole thing and you can picture them walking like and that's what I love about the West Wing and, and a lot and most of Sorkin's stuff is that they're they're rarely static. Everybody's always in motion. Yeah. And it's these passing conversations and short little detours that they take. And like I'm sure we'll get on to Studio Sixty, but it had that as well yeah. where they'd meet in the stairs on the way out of their offices and have this little conversation. But it makes you pay would... attention more than more than any Exa- other type of show. Exactly. If you don't, you've missed you've missed what the whole show might be about. Yeah. Well I, I back into watching a bit of Homeland and I literally just don't even watch really anymore unless I hear Party. a gunshot. Yeah, I you're stuck of, in Twitter or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And if I hear a gunshot, I kind of look up and, and wonder is there anything worth rewinding for, but it's just all on his background noise more than anything. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Because in my mind, Sorkin is set the benchmark. Mm. And I expect... See, with Homeland, it pitched itself as almost intellectual 24. That this was going to be the really smart... Terrorist, anti-terrorist, terrorist um, drama. It's new and it's it's basically reinventing how it's going to be. The story is going to be told, and it kind of started off that way, and then it turned out into absolute 
piffle. Yeah, yeah. A, a show can't claim to be smart and have a CIA agent who's bipolar. Who's, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who's bipolar and she, she goes from being the greatest agent of all time to, you know, trading perhaps away a, country secrets a for a shag. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, it's a smart show. <laughs> yeah, smart show, smart show. But Studio 6, Neil, where did you get uh, Sorkin from? Uh, newsroom was one for me. I still haven't seen Studio Sixty. Because See, it's, the it's child. Not. There's the child again. No, well, it's I've I've wanted to watch Studio Sixty, but it's only one season, and I'm kind of wondering is it worth my time investing myself in those characters if just oh, it's so, yes, it so is. But it, it's sure it's that that's going to leave me well, feeling worse at the end of it. Do you know what I mean? No, because they knew it finished. Oh, did they? So yeah. It wasn't just cancelled. No. no, it wasn't just cancelled. They knew it was coming, so they, they, found, they, they yeah, finished and he, the story. And he rewrote the last kind of eight eight episodes or yeah. so, um, oh. but it's so good. Like and like Bradley Whitford's one of my favorite TV actors, and Fantastic. he's so good in it as well. Like and like it's the only thing I've really enjoyed Matt Perry in or Matthew Perry in since other than Friends is is Studio sixty. Yeah, I. I haven't enjoyed any of the other things that he's made but it's, it's but he, interesting that, that that you made that comparison with friends because i think this is this is chandler's wheelhouse like how chandler spoke how mm. sorkin lines up that that dialogue between two people is pretty much two chandlers yeah absolutely so, so so he was perfect for this role and we've talked about it before in the pod that um that studio 60 is really it's just a victim of um, there was a bit of bad mouthing of uh, of, of Sorkin around at the time, and and that I, I find um, uh, dumber people in the crowd like to poke fun at people that think they're smarter than others, despite them actually being smarter than others. And they yes yeah, so they've got a big chip on the shoulder and don't watch it because of that, and then mock it because of that, even though it is smarter. But it's a victim of the timing. If it was three years later, it would still be on now, and it would be syndicated. It's just because when it was released. Um, shows on Sky in, t- in England, they were on for two years before they got bought by Sky, and now, yeah. and then three years later, after after Studio Sixty, they were bought before the show was piloted. So it would already because it's because Chandler's in it, it would it would have been bought for three seasons by Sky, mm. and then it would have just carried on and carried on. But it, if you remember, it, it got cancelled by episode three. Is that how early it was cancelled? It was cancelled by episode three. Yeah, it was cancelled early on, but because he's because he was Sorkin, they made yeah exactly they they made that uh, deal with him that, that they would finish. I think they did. I think it was only twelve episodes. I don't think it's that many. Um, but they they would allow him to finish the story because he'd gone there on on the on the proviso that he then went and did there's, did something else for that studio. Yeah, there's twenty two episodes. In, Is it really? Is it a full series? Yeah, it's a full series, mm-hmm. and and that was the thing. He was kind of. I think basically he had the you know he when he writes these things he he said it like that he tends to write like three seasons of a skeleton yeah. so he knows where he's going with everybody so I think he actually had two seasons of Studio 60 pretty much ready to go and when they said look we're not going to keep this running but if you want to merge your two seasons into one kind of elongated season we will allow you to do that because obviously, like this is the preeminent writer in television. Like he, he's one of the the all time greats. You don't want to burn a bridge with someone like him in case he strikes on something brilliant, which he later did with the newsroom. 
Um, but but news, Newsroom, which despite critics and you and me loving, it didn't. It, it was only getting two million viewers. Yeah, yeah. It got. It even got panned by the same idiots that that panned Studio Sixty. But it had been syndicated by that stage, so it See, got picked up. One of the problems you have is that you get the likes of websites like Deadspin that people spend far too much of their time on, yeah. and you get these mindless idiots who write for these sites and. Because they, you know, they think it's clever to slag off Sorkin, or that it's going to be one of these kind of, you know, um, clickbait jobs. So they'll go in and they'll rip a Sorkin thing, whether they've actually watched it or not, because they know that there is an audience out there that like it, that they like, like they like it, them slating it. Yeah, and then so, that then attracts more and more idiots, and then like, and, and fair enough, there will be people who who just genuinely don't like the show. I mean. I know a couple of guys that I've spoken to who love the West Wing who just didn't like the newsroom because they felt it was a little bit too much of Sorkin on a soapbox. And I can kind of see where they come from. But it, is, I, it is interesting that, that newsroom is more political than West Wing. Yeah, absolutely. It's a political show. West Wing was a day-to-day, like, you know, almost like a soap opera. Yeah. Yeah, but he's always, Sorkin's always sort of had a, had that leveled against him where he's bringing across his political ideas in his TV. And that's just sort of where everybody checks out. I think, do you remember in the episode in West Wing where they were going on about capital punishment? Yes. And they, and they all, that sort of caused a stir at the time because it was just basically Sorkin laying out his beliefs and everyone sort of attacked him for that. I think that's where it's all sort of mm, festers. It had similar stuff in, in his first show where it all came from. Which is the first show that I watched, being older than you, uh, and yeah, and believing that I'm actually an American. Um, so, uh, Sports Night, I, yeah. I watched it in like '97, maybe it was on '98, 90, 2000. '98, yeah, '98. Um, so it was on in England, like three o'clock in the morning on Channel Five, probably hidden away somewhere. So it overlapped West Wing then, because <laughs> West Wing started in '99. Yeah, 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 the yeah. second season of it ran kind of as as season one of of West Wing was was in flow. Yeah, and one was and and they were trying to convince him to carry on with Newsnight and West Wing at the same time, and it it got all a bit confusing for him and and a bit delayed. That's what happened really. But Sports Night was one of those shows that um, again, like Dave was saying about about the politics involved in West Wing, that people go ask. Oh, it's, it, where is it? White House, yes, yeah, too political. I'm not going to watch that. But with Sports Night, people go, oh, I don't really like sports. Mm, and, yeah, exactly. But it's got no, it's barely got a reference to sports in it at all. It's just about oh. people that happen to work in a newsroom that happen to be really passionate about their job and want to excel in their in their field of work. And it's not, it's got, the, it's it's kind of underpinned a little bit with with the relationship between two of the main characters, but. That's, it's not really the essence of the show, which is what uh, TV has become. It's about the essence. Most TV shows are, are the essence of who are they, will they, won't they get together, aren't they? Yeah. And that's not what Sorkin, Sorkin is about. The, yeah, because when the people get together, the, the show's done. <laughs> yeah. Which is the way all modern TV goes. Yeah. Um, but, but they have great casting, always the great casting. P- Peter Krause is brilliant in. Um, a show we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Six Feet Under. Yes, it was, my, it was my his, favorite show. Yep, it was his big show after after Sports Night. 
Um, and Felicity Hoffman, again, she went on to um, that Desperate Housewives, which was a massive show in the, in, in the noughties. She's the blonde one, isn't she? She's the blonde one. It's a bit older, yeah. Um, again, back to my uh, hottest ginger girl, Sabrina Lloyd. <laughs> this always pops up Reddit. There's always a hot ginger. Um, I had no idea even uh, it was an, even a thing, but apparently it is. Um, yeah, and she's been in. Uh, they always have the crossover with with Sorkin as well. Don't Once you're in and you're proving yourself, they, 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 the actors, the writers, the producers, they, they go, he takes them with them into mm. whichever show he's going to do. Um, so Sabrina Lloyd's been, she was in um, Studio 60 as well. And the, the, the caliber of these actors are uh, uh, amazing. The casting is amazing. Josh Charles, the other main uh, lead character, was in uh, Dead Poets Society. Um, and he's in Good Wife since. He did a bad thing. And he did SWAT, the terrible movie, if you remember it. Um, with Who's the Irish guy? The Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell, that's the one. Yeah, that was a mistake. But, um, well, Colin Farrell is a very interesting man. He's from he's from Castle Knock, which is the posh part of Dublin 15, and he speaks like he's from, say, Whitestown, which would be like one of the worst parts of Dublin 15. So he's a posh middle class no, kid he's, he's that from, he's a he, he went to Yeah, he went to like Castle Knock College and all sorts. Like he's a fairly well to do kid. Like I thought he was from Cork. No, he's just a twat. <laughs> <laughs> he's done all right for himself then. He has, in fairness. Did he not start sort of in Hollywood by being like a a male prostitute? Did I not read that somewhere? No, his um his first break was remember Bally Kiss Angel. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> Unfortunately, first, yeah, that's where he first um sort of became like got got a bit of notice, and then he went off and did um oh hang on I need to look this up what was the name of that film he did it was terrible the recruiter I remember him being in that. So yeah, he he had small roles in in a in ordinary decent criminal, which was actually a decent film. But he did a film called The War Zone. Oh, um, I remember that. And it was ju- it's just shocking stuff. Um, ordinary decent criminal, I think, had Kevin Spacey in it, and Farrell had like a smaller, well, not like a secondary role, and that was fine because Kevin Spacey could carry two bins and make it look good. <laughs> the, the War Zone was directed by Tim Roth. And I love Tim Roth, but directing is not for him. And it had Ray Winston in it. And I love Ray Winston, but this is terrible. Terrible stuff that people should avoid at all costs. But from there, because he was like, he had the look and whatever, you know, America was crying. Yeah, and America was crying out for the next Irish star because Gabriel Byrne and Liam Neeson, those were getting that bit older. And this guy, just he just fit right time, right place. Made Tigerland, it was decent enough. American Outlaws was decent enough. And and that just took off from there, from really. And he has, he's done really, really well. People be aware, we are, we are absolutely nerds, but we are also looking at IMDb right now. Oh yeah, I'm all over Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, have, I have his Wikipedia open. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know, speaking of, of actors that, you know, you're right in, like Sorkin does, like, bring a lot of these people with him from one project to, to the other, but the one I really wish he'd found a spot for in the newsroom is Richard Schiff because Toby is my favourite character in The West Wing. The only, like My biggest gripe with The West Wing is 
what they did to his like character after Sorkin left. Because mm, Sorkin left the end of season four. Yeah, which was it, a big deal, and it was there. Really, was a pre and a post, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, massive. Yeah. I mean, five, six, and seven—they're good. One, different. Two, three, four are great. Like yeah. they are all-time great television. Yeah. Hundred you know, percent. Um, seasons five, six, and seven remind me a little bit of you know, like Dick Wolf TV, like <laughs> Law and Order and the Chicago Fire, Chicago PD. Yeah. They're good, solid shows, and they they they'll fill a gap in your week, but you'd never really think, oh, I've got to get home in time to re- watch this or to record this no. or they whatever. Missed, they missed that little. They they became much more dry dr- drama. Yeah, exactly. And like then into the, like kind of the second, um, you know, the the second presidency when you know santos was running for it and that and that and if sorkin had written that i think it would have been spectacular and i'm sure it came from an idea of his because yeah. i can't imagine the others had the collective brain power to do it but i just think it lacked what sorkin would have done with it and the thing with him and and simon mentioned like the reason he couldn't do sports night and the west wing together is because he insists on doing it all himself he has a writing room and he just lets them sit there and eat pizza and play on the internet all day and then lets them like write like here write me one scene you got 45 seconds they're in a corridor and that's literally it like so because he puts so much of himself into it and and so much pressure on himself he he does struggle with time frames and deadlines and stuff but yeah i i would have just loved to seen rich richard schiff in the newsroom would have been brilliant He's actually he's a, I've just noticed he started to make a, an appearance in The Affair. If you've heard of that, the wife so, was watching it tonight. It's a favorite show of mine. Me and Leanne watch it together, which is an still odd, odd, oddity in itself. <laughs> but Richard Schiff is making a, a bit of a minor appearance in it, and he's just basically Toby. because yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he's playing a divorce lawyer, so he's See, just Toby. <laughs> like I thought. Um, I watched Ballers. I don't know if he's watched Ballers. Yep. Yeah, and Duel. The only it? reason I watched it was because I knew he was going to be in it. He's in Manhattan, and the only reason I watched that is because he's in it. And he's now in Rogue as a season. He's coming into Rogue for season three, and that that's the only reason I'm watching Rogue is because he is such a good actor, and a lot of it is just him playing himself. Like I don't know if you've seen Chasing the Hill. No. So it's this internet-funded TV show, obviously based in, in Washington, and there's only been like four episodes. I think they've literally just given up on it because they were trying to do like crowdfunding or whatever. And like the ca- yeah, and the cast itself was brilliant because they had they were getting a lot of the West Wing people into it, like little appearances here and there. Like Bradley Whitford made a brief appearance in it, and oh, what's the guy's name? Becomes the um, he replaces Sam, uh, Joshua Molina. Yes, no, always. Oh, yeah, really? yeah. Yes, that's him. Yeah, he's in it as well. Like, um, he's he's a really good actor too. I hated him on the show though. Took Sam away. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm looking looking at the uh, uh, the cast list, and as much as you know, this is a Sorkin uh, episode. And as much as I love Sorkin, the casting involved in all his shows is off the charts. 
Mm. The quality of acting across the board in all of his shows is right up there with the best shows of all time in, yeah. term, in terms of the, the caliber of actor. They don't go for famous. They just go for great actors. Like most of these people are, uh, are great, uh, either character actors or, or um, they've been theater actors, but they're great at portraying characters. Yeah. It, yeah, but the thing about him is that he does land that one... Jeff Daniels or the, Rob Lowe. Jeff, Jeff Daniels, Rob Lowe, Martin Sheen. Like, Martin Sheen is, like, an all-time... Yeah, 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 yeah. But, right. but, but at the time, Matt, he, was, he was coming was, down, wasn't he? Yeah, he was at the tail end, but to get him to come in and commit to long-term TV... Yeah. Um, especially with like the kind of the lifestyle that he now leads, where he travels quite a lot, and he was going back to university and stuff here in Ireland. Actually, he went to uh, UCG in Galway. Um, but even like Matt Perry, to get him at the time, it was a huge a, coup. A huge coup, and and these guys, like, and and the thing is, with a Sorkin show, when you sign up, you're pretty much signing over five, six years of your life. Now, obviously, the West Wing is the only show that's actually had that sort of run. But the potential is there that this is what's going to happen with this show. And for these guys who could, you know, pick and choose their scripts to say, yeah, this is what I want to do because this guy is going to make gold for me to work with. But see, Sports Night created it mm. because the, it was the quality of the show rather than the quality of the following that created Sports Night, which created uh, and then a few good men. Um, the legacy, because it was the one show that didn't have any stars. Yeah, not a single one. And then all of them, well, to be fair, the top four have all become big stars from it across the board, or yeah. or very successful TV actors. That yeah, they're, they're all, they all live in massive houses now, at least, don't they? Yeah, yeah. he's definitely a maker of stars. So he is. That's it. Uh, one of the guys in Newsnight went on to be in The Good Wife as well. He became Will, who's, who's not in The Good Wife anymore, but he's currently massive as well. Uh, yeah, jo- uh, Josh Charles. Yes, I think so. Uh, and you were saying about ballers, uh, Jewel Hill, you know Charlie from The West Wing? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's in ballers too. He's one of the, the coaches. But like Charlie is the perfect Sorkin character. Like... It just develops them from nothing to the fact where you're almost watching. You're you're hoping Charlie's going to have a good part in the episode, like a you know, good screen time because he's an interesting character. And it's the same. Like it was just it was just like there was so many of those little characters like that he developed, and then like even um, her name escapes me, but she was the president's like main secretary. Oh, Mrs. Lanningham. Yeah, exactly. And like, you become really connected to her because of the way she is throughout. And then, now, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, but when she passes away, it's like, oh no. You've lost somebody yours. You've lost somebody important. It's someone integral who, in the grand scheme of things, isn't actually integral to any of this. Barely had any lines. But he's made her such a functional part of it that you're like, Oh, the show's gonna suffer now because she's not in it anymore. But he he could put he puts the the little character that that starts off at the beginning and it's just a a bit part and then they expand throughout the series yeah. throughout the series is in in all of his uh, TV shows that that have got uh, more than one series 
Um, but then also he's always put in the the um, the very generic three or four big characters um, that you get in all shows. But he has a different take on them. So like Rob Rob Lowe, the you know the handsome jock guy. He's probably smarter than most uh, as a lawyer, but he's a very prototypical handsome lawyer, isn't he? He is he is the guy from Suits or whatever, or the guy from LA Law. Apart from he in his setting is almost uh, a minority. He's picked on for 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 being he's he's got insecurities, but he instead of dominating the room like uh, that that typical character would in most TV shows, he is he is a much smaller character than that. Not, yeah. So he just he puts those same guys on screen, but then he twists it so they're never quite what you expect. They're they're always more. Yeah, I always find with Sam, Sam was really overqualified and everything, and then he was in it, but he was always seemed like he was trying to prove himself exactly. while under under Toby. When in actual fact, we all knew that, that Sam was probably more qualified than Toby. Yeah. But there was still that hierarchy going on. Exactly. But in the room, where typically in real life, the, the handsome jock quarterback lawyer is, is the leader of the room, he is actually, he's the guy that's being picked on by, other, the, by, by the other really, really smart people in the room, yeah. always. Mm-hmm. And, and he's got, his character as well is really well written in the fact. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The fact that we can tell that he's passionate about being there. Whereas a lot of other shows, it's just a character, whatever they're being there because they're written in there. But it seems like Sam needs to be there. Yeah. His character needs to be there. Do you know what I mean? And it's yeah. something personal to him. Which but, we then, then, do. but then brilliant casting because, because at that moment in time, it was uh, Rob Lowe was on the, on the precipice of his career. And it probably saved his, saved his career. And if you listen to him, maybe even saved his life. So... Yeah, when he left, it was devastating. Yeah, mm. for, for me, like that, a, a whole part of like slice of the show was gone. But when when he was, uh, you probably don't remember, but when he was uh, cast in the first place, it, it was kind of one of the sticks to beat Sorkin with, 
that you know they got some Hollywood playboy. Basically, what ca- what character is he going to be? And yet he turned out into one of the great TV characters. Yeah, so he, so he probably came in there sort of like a big name Hollywood A lister. Yeah. Well, that's that's it. That was exactly what people were saying. Was all oh, he only got this because you know he's a pretty boy and he's well known. He's, it's this is just a this is just Sorkin kind of swinging desperately to get to attach some star power and you know draw in the female audience. Exactly. But he was he was completely integral to everything great about the show, which which may even surprise men. Most women would have turned on looking to, you know, expecting to love him. And most mm. men would probably turn on going, yeah, he's a tit. And, and expecting to dislike him a little bit. Because why wouldn't you? He's a bloody handsome guy that's rich and smart and, you know. But you can't help it. He's incredibly likeable, uh, vulnerable, smart guy. He's absolutely the, the uh, integral part of, of West Wing, for sure. It, it becomes an everyman. Whereas Toby's sort of like a... Higher, uh, higher uh, above. Uh, yeah, he's sort of above it all. He doesn't really relate. He's socially awkward. Uh, Sam's not, and he's sort of like he's sort of like you could see yourself working in those in the White House because Sam can work in the White House. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Let's go Studio Sixty. We've talked about this, and have you? You not? You not really watched it, have you? No, no, I haven't seen any of it. As I say, it's got one season, so. As, when I look, when I'm starting to watch a show, if it's been on for a while, is usually when I start to pick it up. If it's got two or three seasons, I can I can get my teeth into. I don't generally start things on a whim, so I didn't start it at the time. And then I look at it and I go, oh, one season. Mm, maybe that maybe there was a reason it's only one season." It, it, see, it, for us, it coincided with uh, we went to LA a lot in the uh, early noughties. Uh, and they were filming it on um, on the sound stages when we went to look around once, and that kind of got the buy in. And then, in case like the biggest fan of Friends of all time too, um, but it also has uh, one of the one of the women surprise um, one of the <laughs> so one of the women characters, Harriet, who is uh, one of the, yeah, a love interest of Matt Perry, um, Sarah Paulson. She was in the one of my. Um, Guilty pleasures that we talked about before, Jack and Jill, uh, which is a hidden gem that nobody knows about because it was another four o'clock in the morning uh, American TV drama that she was in with. Oh, what is that woman's name? Amanda Pete. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Great she was Jack in Jack and Jill with uh, with this guy, and it was, it was again. It's it was quite a wordy four piece. Um, two boys and two girls that live near each other in New York um, thing. But yeah, so Sarah Paulson, that's why that, that was the other in into, uh, into, into Studio 60. And it's, it's about Saturday Night Live. Basically, it's an insight yeah. into how Saturday Night Live works. And it's just brilliant. So you've got, so you've got the, like, the little comedic bits of, um, of the actual Saturday Night Live show that they're doing and just the, the fast-paced um, monologue the, the and, and the little interplay between between the, the two characters always usually running around a very small area. It's, it's, it didn't feel quite the same as uh, West Wing in that in that, that um, the West Wing is quite a big big place um, mm. with lots of corridors. This is just they're, they're always poking underneath. Un, you know, un, there's some stairs going above them, or you know, they're in a little cubby somewhere or other. And um, and it's, 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 it really is quite sad that it didn't get to flourish. Do you know what? The thing is, like it, it 
premiered, and then, like, I think three weeks later, 30 Rock. Yeah, it was bloody 30 Rock that killed right, it. I was, I was just going to say, 30, it sounds a lot like 30 Rock. But it's, 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 not, it's not like in any way. It's just the same premise behind yeah. the scenes. And the problem it had is that it was an hour. 30 Rock is half an hour. Yeah. And 30 Rock went for all the cheap laughs, and yeah. you didn't really have to think. And it it's one of my biggest TV frustrations that it got one season. I think 30 Rock got like seven or eight. Yeah. I agree. Seven. Couldn't agree more. And and I've I just never liked Thirty Rock at all. Don't like Thomas. Alec Baldwin. As a matter of principle, I don't like any of the Baldwin family. Um, <laughs> think they're all really really weird people. But um, yeah, I just I I it's it's always annoyed me that it got one season, yeah. and Thirty Rock got seven or whatever. And and unbelievable. It, like, it, it was part of that again that timing thing in that Thirty Rock had a character in it. No, not the character, the woman in it who looks like the Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin, Tina Fey. Exactly this, but it, it was the timing that got released at the same time as Sarah Palin was famous. And it was a big thing. I'll be honest, I, I do enjoy 30 Rock, but maybe that's a generation thing, I'm not sure. But I, I do enjoy 30 Rock because I do enjoy uh, Mr. Baldwin. <laughs> but I imagine as a standalone comedy, it's probably amusing. But it is, we, yeah. we've talked about it many times on here that, that Generally, every year there are. Um, it, it always seems that there's uh, one pitch that's that's gone around um, the studios in the states, and uh, it's two, the a B show. Yep, two studios have gone. Okay, let's make a vampire show, and one of them's crap, and one of them isn't quite as crap as the other one. If it's a vampire show, they're both crap. But uh, in this case, Studio Sixty uh, will make two Saturday Night Live, and uh, we chose Studio Sixty because. It had Matthew Perry and um, Sarah Paulson, and it was a Sorkin. So it's going to be it's right. going to be a winner for sure. Yeah. And the other one, absolute shite. I'm not going to Alec Baldwin. Jesus Christ, who's going to who's going to watch that? And it won, Beep. hands down. <laughs> and it wasn't even close. But at the time, Matt, uh, uh, Alec Baldwin, he he died. He was like, it really was swinging for the fences getting Alec yeah. Baldwin in. And like they were both. That's the thing. They they were both on NBC. So NBC greenlit two shows pretty much about the same thing. So and then themselves. exactly like they, they didn't need to do that at all. Um, like, and the thing for me, I'm, I'm pro- I am definitely biased against 30 rock because I I'd seen all of studio 60 before I watched it. Yeah, me too. So I, I was immediately comparing it to this show that I really liked that, you Got know, that had been canceled. And, and at the time, because what was it? Oh, seven, you know, we, our lives weren't, you know, so linked to the internet at the time. It wasn't as easy as it is now to find it all this information. I just heard it, it was being cancelled. So I remember Sorkin not being happy about it and making a couple of public comments and then be going very quiet. And I remember watching it. And the thing is, you're watching it knowing that it's ending. Yeah. So as I watched it, I couldn't really enjoy it as much. But when I watch it back now, it's just it's it's brilliant. Definitely. So it'll be my issue with watching it is knowing that there won't be a, a second season. I'm just always wanting more. I hate always wanting more. It's the sort of the dirty, sexy money syndrome with me. I love that show, and it just ended without answering any questions for me whatsoever. Yeah, Peter Krause. Yeah. But People just wrote it off as a superficial show, but it was actually quite intelligent. I'm pretty sure that if Peter Krause is in it, that it do you know Parenthood? Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen it? 
never seen it. It, it looks it, it looks like it should be on Living, and it's a girly show, and it's about families and again. But it's a very much a character character driven show. If Pete Krause is not going to do it otherwise, I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, I think Dirty Sex and Money just sort of looked like a Kardashian type show or something there because everybody was rich. Yeah. And can we start? Uh, I think we should use this podcast to start some sort of movement to just have the Kardashians erased. Oh, <laughs> I think Not we talk about it every off week. television, but in off general, like, what a terrible group of people. No, see, see, I have a much better idea than this, Dave. It's the greatest. It's the greatest TV show of all time. Running Man. With the and so we have the greatest, yeah, yeah, the greatest reality TV show of all time, <laughs> produced and made by the Cardassian mother, who gets to decide which of her Cardassian children get to run the gauntlet of running that. <laughs> and I remember somebody's going to die. I saw a tweet there. Now this is it was kind of funny, but kind of sad at the same time. So it was basically like. You know, you don't want to be a man who's linked to the Kardashians because Robert Kardashian died. Bruce Jenner became a woman. Um, Rob Kardashian, the son, became an alcoholic. Lamar Odom became a drug addict. And then it was like, I really can't wait to see what happens to Kanye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, just thought, I was like, Jesus, like, it is, there's just, there is some curse around that it family. That, the other, the other, um, the other basketball player that got married to whichever Kardashian as well. His oh, J- James Harden was dating. No, 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 no. He, she got married. Like, oh, he went out for two oh. days. He was, he played for the, uh, the Nets. The Nets. Oh, yeah. um, the one that looks like a horse. <laughs> remember? <laughs> but, but he went rob something or other. He, um, yeah, he went from being very famous to being dead, basically, as a as a sporting Chris figure. Humphreys. Chris Humphreys, yeah, not Rob. Um, yeah, he, he actually looks like a, a basketball player. I used to coach in American basketball. Well, can you get any worse? Can you get any worse? It's a mind-boggling thought. Where can he go from here? Can you? Well, <laughs> yeah, can, but but I I I think I think that is like uh, reality. Um, royalty, isn't it? I don't think they're married. I think it's a big fake thing, it, uh, geniusly um, contrived by the two of them. They're famous for being f- untalented. They don't do anything. Uh, I think Kanye's Can- really, really. Oh, smart. I think I think Kanye's really uh, talented. Oh no, Kanye is, but the Kardashians. What oh, are God. they famous for? Their, well, but their mother is. They're famous for being porn stars. Their mother is a genius. I think. Yeah. Genuinely think that the. If if we if you just went and uh, had a straw poll outside, who you know which person influenced the world in the last fifty years the most? You might get some that say uh, I don't know George Bush or Obama in an, or, or um, Bin Laden. It's possible, um, but I think some most people would probably say Steve Jobs. I think, unfortunately, the person that has is Christine Kardashian or whatever her name is. I think it's Christine, but the yeah, Kardashian mother. Oh yeah. I think I think she has actually influenced culture more than anybody else, and it's a horrible thing. To our detriment, it's dreadful. Oh, to a huge detriment, yeah. But she is she is one of the most powerful people on earth. Yeah, like Kim Kardashian is famous because she made a sex tape with a. To be polite to him, a terrible, terrible rapper who who was most famous for being the sit brother of Moesha. Or, I didn't even know any of that stuff. Whatever her actual, I can't, um, Brandy something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But that um, right? th- that's who he is, Ray J. That's who he is. That's why he's famous because he's her brother. They made the sex tape, and then her, like Chloe and whatever the other sister's name, they're famous because they're her sisters, and she got her own reality TV show because, and same with Paris Hilton. Like Paris Hilton should be famous. She because started she, it because she's a member of this incredible like dynasty. Dynasty, and and in fairness, like Kim Kardashian's dad was like one of the preeminent lawyers of his time. Um, obviously was involved in the O.J. Simpson case as well, and like they, they they've kind of ruined the legacy of what their family should be. So they've got by... they've gone from being being L.A. royalty because they the Paris as well was one of those. Yeah, into being this horrible, uh this ah. Uh, they they're like the the oh, I I hate them I can't even <laughs> make me want to puke they 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 make me fear for how my children are going to turn out. Well, just to tell you exactly how much the world is screwed, Kim Kardashian has thirty six point three million followers on Twitter. There are <laughs> that many people who want to read what she has to say. Well, do you know what? One of my claims to fame. This is my claim to fame is like five years ago when Twitter was in its infancy, she somebody retweeted something she said about going to Africa. And I tweeted her with something about, where in Africa? You know it's a continent, not a place. Uh, not, a, not, uh, not a country. And she was like, oh, what, the South bit? She literally tweeted me back. Oh, oh dear. the South bit. Rundish is going to wake up in the morning. He's going to have four thousand less followers just yeah. for telling the story. <laughs> Unbelievable! <laughs> Stick her on and, your wall, side. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enough Kardashian yes, talking. Enough Kardashian. It's, it's the anti-sulking that is Jesus Christ. Yeah. I think we should yeah, like, move on to the newsroom. Maybe. <laughs> what a show! What a show! It's got everything you need. It's got the smart. It's got the genius. It's got again that small character that um, ended up being one of the great characters on TV. Um, Sloan. Yeah. And she, oh, yeah. I, I read an interview with Sorkin who she was going to be a tiny character in it um, and it just developed and developed and she's just brilliant. Uh, the, 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 the criticism of, of Newsroom and the reason it didn't have so many... Um, two million. Two million viewers in America watched Newsroom. It's, that's outrageous. Um, is because... It's too highbrow. That's one. Um, that that he's too smug in his writing. He is a little bit too political, but also that he's sexist because the way he writes his women characters, these incredibly powerful women, in, incredibly intelligent women, beautiful, intelligent, successful women, and he is still sexist. Go figure that. I just thought, sure, the producer. Uh, what do you call her? The Emily, Scottish girl, Emily Mortimer. McKay yeah. McKenzie. Yeah, she she's one of the most powerful people in the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, but the most powerful person in the show is Jane Fonda. Yeah, character. Jane Fonda, the owner. Yeah, yeah, the owner Lansing. Like, and again, there's there you go. So there's another massive coup. Yeah, absolutely. to get her involved. Now, I know it's like a small part, but massive. He develops the character really well. He develops her son really well. He develops Maggie from a, what when you watch the first episode, you think, well, you know. Because like she's a small character in it, but you know she's going to become a big part of it. Yeah. Um, and then like by season two, it's pretty much mainly about her. Yeah. Um, like Mackenzie, as you said, like Olivia Munn, 
but even like oh like every character in that show is just perfect like jim harper brilliant my favorite character my two favorite characters are charlie skinner because sam waterston is it just is brilliant and don Kiefer, who as things go on in the show he, he he goes from being this really unlikable guy to this kind of lovable rogue when he starts seeing Sloan. Yeah. And it's just, it's such brilliant character development. And yeah. he, he fits that part perfectly. And it goes back to what we said about the West Wing. It's so brilliantly casted that you're just like, it's mind blowing that they, they, every, every single character in all of his four shows is just perfectly casted. They really are. The, the, how, um, the change, the the, the character development of Don Kiefer is because inc- he he was just this most obnoxious wanker. Yeah, because he's a prick at the start. To absolute, absolute prick. Mar- Margaret, and then the whole Margaret Jim thing happens, and then you realise that when it was it was just basically a guy who was in the wrong relationship at the wrong time, and then you can sort of go that happens to us and can turn turn us into pricks, and then you realise that he's not actually a prick, and he's just really insecure in the end of it. But he's also incredibly moral, yeah. Which is which is the it's, I, I think it's the structure, it's the fibre of the show that they're all incredibly moral. Mm-hmm. And it comes virtuous. comes to a head in is it season season two, the one where the, the the story that was all fabricated, yeah, and it all comes to a head there where everyone is like Dawn is like the me guy saying this isn't true, this yeah. isn't true, and nobody believes him, but he's adamant like he's like this needs like, to be done properly. There's there's two scenes that stand out for me in season two, and they're both done, and they're both really short. One is where he he's talking to the solicitor, and he's given his own reasons for why he's countersuing the guy who doctored <laughs> the tape, and every reason is just because he doctored the tape. But then there's the other one is where he's ranting to Sloane, and he's like, "Have you ever looked at the cover for an iron of the the box your iron came in? It says, do not iron clothes when wearing them." And it's just those little things that are so good. And like there's little subtle moments with him, like you know where Sloane goes on air and she's talking to the Japanese guy and she takes out the the earpiece and starts basically ad libbing what the guy is saying. Yeah. And she comes out and he's just sitting there on his chair and he's like, Just 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 wait for it. Just remember it's happened to us all. And then Charlie Skinner just appears and goes absolutely. <laughs> Charlie is one of the great characters on TV. Yeah, he's always wiping up everybody's messes. <laughs> absolutely, but but he is he is that he is that guy that defends the what's good in the world. And he's so quirky with his, his yeah, he's, and he's and crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but then you have got Sloane, who is this the the the, the beautiful uh, relationship between Don and Sloane. And that she is the you know the hottest thing in the world, and it's almost in spite of that he becomes attracted to her. Yeah, Olivia it's, Munn's character—it's her intellect. Really, yeah, it's all like you were saying about the sexism thing. She, she, her she whole be character celebrated as a genius, as, as one of the great female characters, and instead is 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 condemned for being sexist. Yeah, because her whole character development is overcoming her looks to yeah. prove that she is this intellectual powerhouse really like she is actually the smartest girl in the room yeah always the smartest girl in the room which is kind of it's all it's sort of boys down to remember when she wants to get her her, her screens for her 
what is it, the, the Wall Street Journal thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's kind of like a, a micro battle of her entire character. She has to overcome and say that she actually needs these things and she's deserving of these fucking screens. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's kind of like a, a metaphor for just her overcoming everything in the office. Everything's a struggle for her just because she looks good. Mm. So they just assume that she she must be stupid. But even like, you know, her insecurities come out as well. Like like Dev Patel's character, Neil, Brilliant. is just tremendous. And like, <laughs> I, you know, the very first time we like he's really has a scene is where Jeff Daniels walks out of his office and screams Punjab. And like you're like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> but like the the development of that character, but him and like there's all these quirky little relationships built in where like he and Sloane have this really funny little relationship where he's terrified of her because she's so beautiful and so intelligent and so successful in her own field. But when she has insecurities about things or when she wants help with things, it's him she goes to because she can rely on him, but. You know the part where he's trying to get into the whole thing with the trolls and he's like, what if I went on and said like you had a big arse and she pins him to the wall and then goes, oh, do I? And it's that kind of epitomizes the the balance that they struck with that character and that she is so strong and so confident in one area. But then when it comes to the one thing that we can all visually see is a strength of hers. She's really kind of unaware of it and self-conscious. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and Dev, Dev's character is brilliant in the way that Neil, that, mm. that um, we talked about earlier, um, of that very obvious character that they have. But that obvious character actually isn't the guy that that you think he is at the beginning. He's, he's the you know he's the uber um, IT geek, isn't he? So he's weak, um, insecure, mm. uh, all of those things but actually turns out to be the bravest guy on TV. Yeah. He's the bravest guy in the room. He absolutely yeah. is willing to, for his own, for, for ethics, he is willing to go to prison for 30 years Yeah, for something he believes in. But, like, there's another guy who, like, he obviously, he, we, we kind of, we, we first met him as, as an actor in Skins. Yeah. Um, And then, obviously, he got Slumdog Millionaire, which catapulted him from, you know, a, a, an E4 kind of drama aimed at a certain sort of niche market. But he wasn't even one of the big characters. He wasn't even No, character, he was like a secondary character. In it. And then all of a sudden he's just like catapulted into like global stardom off the back of Slumdog. And then he, you know, he makes a couple of films, mainly in, you know, starring or, you know, kind of secondary star roles. But he's, you know, he's on the banner head. And then all of a sudden he's playing a secondary character in an Aaron Sorkin TV drama, and if that is the draw, and like this is a that that's the draw of Sorkin. That's why all of these guys want to work with him. That's why people will go out of their way to find time, like even in his films, to play a bit part role, just to be involved in the process of working with him. Because you know, it's the same kind of thing as it's like they can put that on their CV that they worked with him. Yeah, exactly. Do you know, he's like the Scorsese of writing. You want to work with this guy in the same way that you'd want to work in a Scorsese film because it looks good on your CV. 
And it probably comes back to the when you were saying that Sorkin plans his things two, three seasons ahead because uh, Neil starts off as a really insignificant guy that just updates their, their Twitter or whatever, and then by the third season, he's the most important character in the whole thing. Yeah. So ob- obviously, Sorkin must sell this to the actors at the yeah, time. He, that he this is where he you're going to go. to come and be a Twitter guy. Yeah. Because mm. in the first season, like he's he's quite irrelevant because that all is really what he's doing. He's just the guy. Oh, what's trending online? He, he is the light comedy. Yeah. Bigfoot is real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because, but but the 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 I don't know the shame in all of this is that uh, Sorkin's retired again. Yeah. So where are all these kids going to go? Where are they going to get their 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 great endorsements of uh, careers? Who's who, how are stars going to be made? Are we are we left to fucking Kardashian's mom to be making all all the decisions? I don't think he's going to give up. He's only what is he? He's early fifties at this point, and I, the Steve Jobs film apparently I, I haven't seen it. Apparently, it is good. But it's not doing the the money that was expected of it. That's because people are yeah. idiots. It's completely bombed. Yeah, so it is. It hasn't and, bombed. It hasn't bombed. It's just it's just not it's not been a big blockbuster. So it's it's it actually made its money back. But like he did, obviously he did Charlie Wilson's War, The Social Network, and Moneyball, and they're all based on books, obviously. So he's working from source material. But having read all three of the books. It's hard to to read them, like especially Moneyball. It's very hard to read Moneyball and think, oh, I could see this on the big screen. Mm. But somehow he can go into that source material and make it a a good film. I don't think Moneyball is great, but it's a good film. I think it ended up not in a good place, but I think, yeah, absolutely, it's a good film. No, it's a really good film. um, The Social Network I really, I, I did enjoy. Yeah. But again, the book Accidental Billionaires isn't one I would have read and thought, this will make a good film. Now, Charlie Wilson's War was always going to be a film. And I think that book had been shopped around for a little while, um, looking for somebody who was willing to take it on and write it. But, like, he just has this incredible ability to take an idea and just see, and not just see, like, as we were saying with the TV stuff, not just see the first episode of the first series, but to see the whole picture and, and almost create a universe where there's going to be long-term, you know, sustainability with a show or with a film or whatever. It's it's really rare. Like, we see, like, there's other guys, say, like, a David E. Kelly who's written 400 TV shows and all bar one of them maybe was absolute dreck, but he only writes two or three episodes ahead of the time. Yeah. Largely because most of his stuff gets cancelled after two or three episodes. <laughs> but... but- but it's not occasionally made with a lot of money. Um, but but Sorkin has this. Um, Ali McBeal made loads and loads and loads and loads of money, enough money and LA Law to to for, to allow him to make whatever ever TV yeah, shows he fairness. ever wants, doesn't he? In fairness, but yeah. um, uh, but Sorkin, each it's like that. His he is a he is a like he is an artist by all definitions of artist. Mm. That that all of his material they they are his babies. That that uh, I, I read an, an interview that that's saying that um, as soon as he's finished, he wants to rewrite the whole thing. Like after every series, he wants to rewrite the whole of West West Wing, and he yeah. does it. So he's actively got whole new scripts of all of the things he's already made. With the kinks ironed out. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, to, I, I was a little bit mean to David E. Kelly just looking at his 
at what he's done. Like he did, like picket fences. Chicago Hope ran for years. The yeah. practice ran for years. Ali McBeal, Boston Public, which I really liked. It's not um, groundbreaking stuff what he's doing, but no, but no. For the Boston, Le- Boston legal, I, I thought was very good. Um, and Harry's Law is funny, and like he, but he makes TV shows like so. Someone like David E. Kelly, it, it does nothing, as you say, nothing groundbreaking, nothing awe-inspiring, and he's aiming his TV shows at a certain demographic. Yeah, whereas he's, he's the male so, Shonda Rhimes. Yeah. Whereas Sorkin just writes stuff, and it's like, well, this is aimed at people like me. Yes. You know, people like him, people who can understand it. He doesn't care what anybody else thinks. It's like, this is what I've written, and I haven't allowed anybody else to be involved. But this is brilliant. Now, you people enjoy it, and I'll, you know, go and write the next bit. He doesn't pander to anybody. No. And I think that's why... It's almost like a cult following of Sorkin, because there's so many people out there, as we were saying earlier, who who love just to like, you know, say shitty things about him or whatever. Whereas the people who who are fans of Sorkin are fans to the bitter end, and will kind of will sit and argue over you know the West Wing, the newsroom, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, but he's good. Sorkin's going to get defended by those people that make TV and that make movies. David E. Kelly's going to be defended by the people that watch it. Yeah, but it's the same people that are are slagging Sorkin off for his the pureness of his idea that are still slagging off studios for going. They changed this. They did that. They're too involved. People, it's just I think it's just the twenty first century. People are not happy. Do yeah. I mean, people need something to moan about. It's the internet. So obviously. Just gonna hit on it. What can you do? What can you do? I think that's uh, that's probably a, uh, a fairly good spot to to finish on for this. Where at? What are we on? An hour and fifteen. Yeah, that's 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 our ballpark. Um, so, Dave, you've not been on before. Hall of Fame. Which Sorkin show is going in the Hall of Fame this week? I'm assuming the West Wing is already in. West Wing's not in yet. So far, oh, well, so, so far we have uh, Friends. We have. Dexter, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, kids. <laughs> He's laughing away. So it's, it's, it's kids. It was from the kids episode. Though. It's genius. It is. It's great. And you know, like I was thinking about this the other day um, because I, I was I don't know where I was and I saw like all this Tom's Tank Engine stuff, and I was thinking like that, like the cartoons when we were kids were just brilliant, and there were so many of them, and like now, like they're all they all look like they're terrible. They are. Um, Oh, it's it's the West Wing then for this West Wing. Yeah, I think it's hard to uh, hard to fight one of the all time greats. Yeah. And and you have to come on and discuss uh, Sopranos with the boy as well. Absolutely. Yeah, because I love it, and Sai doesn't because it's t- it's too negative, isn't it, Sai? It's yeah, too it's dark, too dark for, for you. Yeah, Sai, I I do believe, and I, I this is one of the things I did pick up when I listened to the first episode. You don't like the wire. No, I've watched it all. I tried really, really hard to like it. Simon, I, I, I need, I need, I need light. There's no light in that. What about House? I'd never watched it. House came out at the same time as oh. as nothing nearly as good. No, House is, House is fantastic. House is tremendous. Oh, what is it? Called? Neil, make this man watch House and do a podcast and have me on. 
and we can talk about house for days. If you do rescue me, have me on. We can talk about rescue me for days. See, all these shows are too dark for Sai. And if you tell him to watch the movies, no, you can do the pod on your own. Hoff. <laughs> it, it, it came out at the same time as a, as a show called Hoff. And I went with Hoff because, oh, because the girl was hotter. That's like that's like Studio 60 coming out and going with 30 Rock. I went the wrong way. Oh. But the girl okay. was hotter. No. Paget Brewster. No. It's Jennifer Morrison. And then... Yeah. Oh, no. Check her out, Paget Brewster. Cuddy as well. Cuddy, and then thirteen. Eventually, oh, I'm gonna ch- I'm gonna check it out. Right, it's let fantastic. me have a look at. It is brilliant, and like he is. That is one of the all time great characters as well. But I think that was the other thing that I couldn't. I I have I've also got. So I need light in a show, and I'm I can't. I find it really hard to watch American speak English. No, the other way around. English speak American. But he's kind of got his own quirky sort of... He does. The funny thing is, like, he when he read for the part, he, he didn't realise that he was reading for the main role. And they actually hired him because they didn't want... They wanted to hire an American. They didn't know who this guy really was. They just had seen him in a couple of films. And they didn't realise that this was an English guy who was massive in England from, you know, different things. Bit of Fry and Laurie, obviously. And they hired him on the strength of his audition because they thought they were hiring an American guy. And when he got the job, he thought that Wilson, who is his like best and longest suffering friend, was <laughs> to be the main guy. And it's kind of like Wilson, the best comparison I could make for Wilson is Sam Seaborn. He's a really handsome guy, uber intelligent, uber successful, but yet has all these little... Quirks. Uh, yeah, quirks and idiosyncrasies and, you know, self-doubts and stuff. And again, is the whipping boy for House, who is nowhere near as good looking, hobbles around on a cane all day, looks like a homeless guy. And, like, he is House, the, the, the dynamic between House and Wilson is like the dynamic between Josh Lynham and Sam Seaborn, but turned up. Like, that whole, like, you, you you would think this guy's the alpha male and this guy's the goofy friend. Okay, well, don't tell me anymore. Let me you watch have it. To watch Spoiler. It. You have to watch it. It's we'll fantastic. Do. We'll do. Dave, it's been awesome having you on. Thank you. Um, make sure you come on get on again. Absolutely. Neil, always good, dude. Yep. Good having you, Dave. No problem. Can everybody just check out my new show, All in Sports Talk? Me and Gennaro um, talking about all sports. Could recommend it more. Talk. It's it is our, awesome. It's our own little pet project, and we've got a great new partner that we're working with. Um, it's a foundation to help kids. It's it's really good cause. So check that out. Awesome stuff. Good luck with that. It was it was on the beginning of happy hour. Yes. See, I do hear. I do listen. <laughs> right. Cheers, guys. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.